This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash. Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of Hefty Large Black Bags. ReopenAmericaResourceCenter.com Are you struggling personally or professionally because of the coronavirus shutdown? Ready to grow your business and serve more customers and clients? Finally, there's a trustworthy website with resources, relief options, grants, support, and much more for small businesses, nonprofits, and individuals. One location with all the information. It's time to get back to work, life, and reopen America. Visit reopenamericaresourcecenter.com today. The ultimate resource platform to help you in every way. This is Everything Home, the transformational show about life, laughter, and the pursuit of happiness delivered by good people doing good business and good things. Let's take the word freedom. Wouldn't it be great to have more professional freedom, personal freedom, and how about financial freedom? Every week, Michelle Swinnick, the queen of quality content, interviews experts, entrepreneurs, professionals, and purpose-driven people to share their stories, their passions, and provide real-life, tangible takeaways. Get ready to be entertained, yet learn some incredible information. This is Everything Home, and this is Michelle Swinnick. This is our expert contributor segment, The Massey Memo, with Robert Massey, attorney, solution provider, and protector of the people at Massey and Massey Attorneys at Law. Robert will be delivering The Massey Memo now on the third Tuesday of every month. Before I bring him on, a shameless plug for our talk radio show, podcast, and patriotic purpose-driven platform. All of our episodes are listed on our website, everythinghometalkshow.com. Please check it out. Begin to use it as a resource to meet, learn from, and hire the experts, guests, professionals, and members of the Everything Home Socially Conscious Referral Network and Marketplace. They are truly good people doing good business and good things. People and companies you can trust to provide quality content, products, and exceptional service. You can also follow us on social media. All links are on our website. And don't forget to rate and review Everything Home so you can receive one entry to win a free giveaway in our monthly contest. This episode summary has the link or visit everythinghometalkshow.com. And please subscribe to our podcast so you never miss any of our great guests or special segments. A Massey Memo does have its own page on the website under the Expert Contributor tab, which includes every episode and Robert's information. Today's topic, life after coronavirus, liabilities, litigation, lifestyle, and Lysol. First, my joke, then on with the show. If you need 144 rolls of toilet paper for a 14-day quarantine, you probably should have been seeing a doctor long before COVID-19. Remember that. Uh, You know, that's the one thing when this whole, I don't know if you want to call it a sham, plandemic, I'm sure you've all heard of that, started. That's the thing that I never understood. But I'll I'll tell you something a client of mine had said. She said her sister 
this is before things started to shut down. This is back when it just, just the, the brewing started. I want to say that it was probably maybe early March or so. She said her sister worked at a Costco up in the San Francisco area. And apparently what happened was a bunch of Chinese people had gone into Costco and were buying all the toilet paper to send back to their family in China. Well, somebody took a picture, then all of a sudden it started spreading. So because of that, people started doing the rush on the toilet paper because they thought they needed it because if those people needed it, well, then I need it. And then... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that's, that's what exactly I was told right. how it started, and I said, "Yeah, I said, unbelievable. Leave it up to California yet again. <laughs> Way to ruin everything, California. You guys are killing us." Yeah, I mean, Americans are very uh, apparently very very easily manipulated. If they see something that they usually can get at their own will whenever they want, and they start seeing pictures of empty shelves. Yeah, panic goes into place. Like, oh my God, now we all have to go get. Toilet. Yeah, we must need it. Can't you know. It. Well, and I went to uh, the grocery store about two weeks ago, and every once in a while I buy bananas, and of course I never eat them, so they go bad. But then I realized, ah, you could always make banana bread with the bad bananas because you were too lazy to eat fruit. You know, God, God forbid mm-hmm. I should be eating healthy. So I said, oh, okay, Absolutely. those things are ripe enough. I can. Uh, when I go to the store to do the just regular routine of things, I need to buy flour. So I wanted to buy the something or other, um, like gluten-free flour, so it wasn't the white whatever. Meanwhile, I went in the aisle. The whole, all the flour and all the baking soda and the baking powder was completely gone. Oh, completely <laughs> gone. And I said, you know what? I don't understand. Like, I can't imagine everybody's baking cakes because you don't need a lot flour for a lot of things. So you just really, if you're baking, but I, I mean, there was literally no flour. And I asked the lady, it's, you know, it's just the weirdest thing. Like I get the toilet paper, paper towel, like, you know, whatever that, that I can kind of get the flour. And you know, if you ever go in an aisle, there's a lot of flour. So she said, I don't know. Like she goes, the weirdest thing was like a guy came in here and he had like 15 bags of flour. <laughs> I said, why would a man need 15 bags of flour? No, I said, oh, you know, there must've been something on, there must have been some sort of a child project or something that somebody posted on an Instagram, or maybe they used the flower to do a challenge of some sort, you know, something stupid. But anyway, just, uh, you know, as this whole, oh, uh, let's just call it episode has transpired, it really has put a new light on people. The fragility uh, of Americans. Uh, habits. Uh, I don't want to say gullible, but. You know, it's just, you've seen some people really kick it into gear, you know, like uh, I was going to mention a little bit later, the Texas salon owner, Shelly Luther, who got arrested because mm-hmm. she didn't say, I'm sorry, judge, because you didn't like what I did, which is, wasn't, it's not a crime, shouldn't have been in jail. And then you've got other people wow. that are totally famous, worth tens of hundreds of million dollars, and they're telling us to stay home and be safe, but yet... They're financially secure forever, mm-hmm. and they could care less about the person who's staying home doesn't have is losing their business because they can't go back to work. So it's you know what I mean. You've got just the insanity of the whole thing. Uh, I don't know. I I'm I'm not into it. I don't I don't buy it. I think it's just insane. It's gone to this extreme. I think it's also ridiculous that we allowed it to happen i mean uh civil liberties what happened to that right churches are closed what 
I don't, that doesn't make any sense. How is that non-essential? But yet a liquor store is, um, I, uh, you know, there, there's so much to go into, but give me a little bit about your feelings about it and, uh, what's going on. Cause you're in Vegas, which is a big deal, you know, that strip. And then we'll kind of go into these topics. Cause I just want people to be prepared yeah. if they go back into this world, especially from, a. Uh, from a, a, a responsibility point of just because they say you can't do this, can you really do this? I don't want to see anybody get arrested like this lady Shelley just because they were they were doing what was you know lawful. So give me a little yeah. bit of info on what's going on in your world and and uh, yeah, what I mean, your thoughts I, are. I'm on the I'm on the same page as you. I mean i I don't get this i think i've been in that mindset um kind of pretty early on but kind of reserved opinions to see how this thing played out uh, it's certainly you know and when you say stuff like this it's like oh Pia, you don't care about people's lives and it's like no of course i do i don't want to see anybody you know anybody die from anything uh, unfortunately, that happens. It's you know it is part of life, and there's things. Look, I have a family member that I'm we're waiting on confirmation that I'm pretty sure had it and passed away. Um, and it, you know, but there was a, there was a plethora of underlying conditions there as well. Um, but I, it is very scary how um, submissive. That Amer- that the that govern that the American people can can be. I mean, you have gov- the government saying stay in your home, and they're listening. And uh, I understand that initially from a precautionary standpoint, but now as all these different facts and all these different numbers and all this different information comes out, and people are still okay with it, is it is a slippery slope because what. What happens, uh, you know, if they say something else, you know, you can't do something else, you can't do, you know, what, what's the breaking point where enough people are going to stand up and say, no, I'm not doing this. I'm sorry. And I think that's also something that people aren't thinking about going on to the future. I mean, we thought this was going to be the plague, the Spanish flu. I mean, the people, we thought millions of people, at least we were told. Yes, we were told. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, we were told millions of people are going to die from this. Well, that's turned out, thankfully, not to be anywhere near true. And, you know, I think you do have a good amount of people that are looking at it like we are saying, this just doesn't make sense at this point. And the danger really is, you know, if, God forbid, something happens in the future, you know, 10, 15, 20, 25 years from now, where there is some type of disease that is out there that does cause, you know, mass damage and mass death on the level that we were, were worried this would, anybody, <coughs> excuse me, anybody that lived through this is going to say, no, 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 no. You guys fooled me once. I'm not doing this again. I'm not staying in my home again. You guys completely fabricated this. And, and made me stay in my home for months, I'm not doing it again. And it runs the risk of then causing even more damage if it's something that could actually do that. And no one's talking about the future implications of this. No one's, 
uh, talking about, like we discussed before the show, I mean, someone's going to do some type of study on, you know, the deaths, and you're already seeing states coming out and cha- decreasing their numbers because, you know, people that had very various other conditions but also had COVID or being listed as COVID deaths, people that overdosed on heroin, had alcohol poisoning but also had COVID are being listed as COVID deaths. Uh, you know, people are going to do an audit on those numbers. And then, and at that point, people are going to be really frustrated when they see what the true, true numbers are. Uh, But it's, you know, I have to say it is, um, it's for, it's a bit frightening to me to see how, you know, we, you, you live in the United States of America, you feel like, oh, we're built on this, solid foundation and it is disturbing to me how easily shaken we are how as i said how how we're so submissive so easily to to give up our rights and i and i i i point to 9-11 where there was a lot of privacy rights given up for the greater good and people just we're focused on getting revenge and they want this and no matter what you have to do, get it done. And it seems like there's a large amount of people that are almost on that same wavelength. I don't care what I have to give up. Just tell me it's okay to go outside again. Um, And that's disturbing. You know, it, it is disturbing and we can get into this more, but you know, the Wisconsin Supreme court last week came out and found the stay at home order in that state to be unconstitutional. And, you know, of course, and it's also frustrating as a side note that this has become such a split on a political party lines. Like if you're for for everybody, everything, yeah, everything opening up, you have to be a Trump supporter. And if you're for everything staying on lockdown, you're, you know, you're a liberal. And it's like, well, that's just an absurd generalization. It really is. But the Wisconsin Supreme Court came out and invalidated the stay-at-home order. And, of course, you know, you had the left media that was in up in arms about it. And I went through, it was 100, the total decision with the concurring and the dissenting opinions was 161 pages. And I went last week and I read the whole thing. And people should go and read that decision because it's not that now I will say this, there is certain, there is a, I'm not going to get too into inside baseball with legal stuff because it's just boring, but uh, there is a, there is an argument in that circumstance that the Supreme court shouldn't have even heard that case. There is that argument. And I, again, why I'm not going to get into the details oh, of that. Oh, well, why? I mean, I mean, it's a this... discrepancy, so it's a court case, right? Any, anybody could sue anybody, well, but just a matter of whether it sticks. So why would the they legislator, not be? Because the legislator is the one that – the legislature in Wisconsin is the one that initiated the, the lawsuit. And to have standing in a lawsuit, you need to have, be the one damaged. And there is a oh. good argument that the legislature in that case – had no damages because of that order and therefore didn't have standing. Also, the legislature in that case, when they filed it, told the court, hey, before you hear this case and decide on it, why don't you give us a six-day stay 
and allow the legislature and the health services department to get together and try and craft a stay-at-home order that is constitutional under Wisconsin law, and the state said, no, we're going to hear it right now. So this, there is a very good argument that the Supreme Court in Wisconsin wanted to hear this case, wanted to take on this issue. I, I, okay, I'll leave that to the side, whatever you want to think of that, whether politically driven, whatever it might be. But the, the substance of it is, if you read that decision, it is not that the court came out and said, I don't agree with this, stay at home, everybody should be able to go back to work, this is unconstitutional, and made any type of suggestion as to what should be done. That's not what the decision was whatsoever. What the decision was based on is how the stay-at-home order was passed and crafted, and the way it was passed into an order or a rule, and how it was crafted was unconstitutional and illegal based on Wisconsin law and the Wisconsin Constitution, and therefore they invalidated it. They didn't say this is what you should do in the alternative, nothing. They said that's not our job to tell you what, how this should be, what it should say, whether people should stay at home or not stay at home. Our job is to tell you what's, what's law and what's not law, so you, the legislature, and you, the health services department, get together and put something in place that follows the laws of our state. And the fact that people are up in arms about that is unbelievable to me because at a time like this, more than any other time, is the time you want people saying, hey, you know what? I know people are panicked. I know there's a lot going on, but we have laws in place. We have a constitution in place. No matter what's going on, those laws and that constitution needs to be followed. It needs to be followed now more than at any other point, too, because we need to know that we are living on the basis of these laws, that they mean something. And just because you're in a panic doesn't mean you can just do whatever you want, because what the health services, uh, head of health services did in Wisconsin is they are, there is a rulemaking procedure that has to go through the legislature for an order like hers to go into place. Well, she didn't follow that procedure. Then she put criminal violations in the order if it's breached, but didn't specify what would, what would be, what would constitute as a criminal violation and what the penalties would be, and therefore it's unconstitutional. The fact that people are upset about that is mind-boggling to me. I, they're upholding the laws of your state. They're doing what they're supposed to do, and they're doing it at a time where it's needed more than ever. And they didn't say – you guys can't – they can't tell you to stay at home. They just said do it legally. Do it legally. And it's just that people lose sight of that when they are put in this mode of panic. And I'm sure you remember back after 9-11, the color system. Every day mm-hmm. on the news. Today, today we're at hair level orange and fucking pink and all this craziness. Like, you know, like war games, they, they movie. Put, <laughs> I took a flashback yeah, to the eighties. I'm like, oh, Defcon Four. <laughs> ah. Exactly, and you know, it's. I think that what the media has done in this situation is absolutely abysmal. I think this will be shown. I mean, but I think it's a good argument that that uh, news was already dead, but I think this is the nail in the coffin because they 
are only presenting panic. That's all they want to present. They mm-hmm. don't want to present any type of balanced presentation of the facts, anything. I mean, a perfect example is it seemed like the whole Corona thing was certainly not dying down, but was just people were getting a little bit more relaxed about it. And then what did they come out with? Murder hornets are in America. Everybody's <laughs> got to be that. scared of murder hornets. <laughs> what the? And if you look at the story, they but it found didn't stick, though. Two, Did you notice it didn't stick? Found, so they're like, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, it, it didn't stick because they found uh-huh. two more murder hornets in Washington, and one of them was dead. So <laughs> yeah, uh, we're, right. we're worried about a worried about one physical bug in the entirety of the U.S. Yeah. You want us to be terrified about? It's like they've just lost all credibility, and. You know, I, I just think, you know, as you said with the civil liberties, it's just a slippery, slippery slope. And, I mean, guys, we've seen this movie. They make a right. movie like this every single year about something happening, something crazy happening, and the government takes over, and then you're in this authoritarian government. They make that movie once a year in different circumstances. We, we're living it right now. and And the fact that people – are just sitting back and allowing it. And again, I'm not saying everything needs to be open right now. We need to be packing stadiums. We need to, we don't need to care. We should care less about people getting sick. Of course, I'm not saying that, but this is the first time in human history that they have ever requested healthy people to quarantine themselves. It's the first time in human history. And it's just, it's just maddening to me at this point. It really is maddening, I have to say. But, you know, and, it, you know, people thought we lived in a litigious society prior to this. <laughs> I can only tell you, you've seen the tip of the iceberg because I can tell you from what I've seen in the news, I can tell you from the call, phone calls I've received and the people contacting me, everybody wants to sue somebody right now. Everybody. And those ch- the challenge, like you saw in Wisconsin, those will go across the nation. There will be other challenges to the stay-at-home orders. Uh, we can get and into the specifics be. of and there Absolutely. and I think that there should be. I mean, you gave a perfect example of an extreme government overreach that violated the law. I mean, we're supposed to, and I always use the quotes symbol around leaders, because I don't think there are many of them in this country when it comes to uh, government officials. So we're supposed to rely on our quote unquote leaders to follow the law and protect us, right? Well, in this situation, it was done not correctly, whether there was certain intentions, but you just listen to the language and you just wouldn't what the I can't think of her first name, but it's Whitmore or No Whitsmore, as they call her, or Dim Whitsmore. And uh, oh, okay, you know yeah. the language, the language, and the things that you that she that she or uh, you know she was that she says it's just you go, it's just it's insane. It doesn't even sound like it's something that should be happening in this country. So I I, I want to bring up something, and I don't know if you can if you know anything about this particular part of the law. Um, a couple of weeks ago, Judge DePaultano was on doing an interview, and he's constantly on. And the great thing about him is, obviously, there's no—he doesn't do anything political. It's just very cut and dry. 
And he had said that, you know, any of these stay-at-home executive orders, they're really a suggestion. They're not enforceable because it was it's not a law. And it's not something that was, as you mentioned, voted on uh, and followed whatever the process is in order for it to become something that is enforceable that can then be attached to have fines to it. So, you know, they're threatening to arrest you. They're threatening to fine you. Um, do you know anything about that side that you can confirm that this, those well, type of, if violate it, yeah, you can go ahead and arrest me. You legally can't, but now I've got, to, as we talked before, then you got to hire the attorney, then you do the lawsuit, then you actually win. But in the meantime, it's time and money that you don't have. So you just end up being scared and stay at home as opposed to walking on, you know, walking on the beach. So I, I just want people yeah. to be prepared with the information because you're going to start seeing more things like that where, you know, you see it in the videos. It's insane. Like where the cops just take down the woman with a kid because she didn't have a mask on. Wouldn't have been easier just to hand her a mask. You know what I mean? It's just, I don't, I don't get that, you know? So is, you know, like I said, this is, this, that's more of the civil liberties type of, of uh, area of law, but is, is it true that they, and it's not enforceable well, because it's a suggestion. When it comes to when it comes to stay-at-home orders, well, I mean, it, it, look, it, I think there's a couple things that need to be parsed out first. Number one, because these are are orders that are done by the individuals. There's no federal stay-at-home order right now. Uh, because these are done by the individual states, a lot of the enforceability of those is going to pertain to the state that you're in, the laws of that state, the constitution of that state, and the form of the order, how the form was processed, things of that nature. So the actual enforced legal enforceability of those orders is going to be a state-to-state evaluation based on that state's law and that, that state's procedure. Now, when a state of emergency is issued, which it has been now, I think, in all 50 states, uh, the governor of that state has increased powers. You know, they have increased amount of things that they can do. Now, can they keep you in your home? No, they cannot keep you in your home. Can they say you can't open your business? They can, they certainly can put that order in place, but at the end of the day, the enforceability of that order needs to come down. I mean, you have to remember, this is coming from the governor of the state. So the enforcement of that order is going to come from local law enforcement, the county commissioners, sheriffs, uh, things of that nature. And if the county commissioner or the sheriff or the police department in your county, in your area says, I'm not going to enforce that order. I'm not going to arrest people. I'm not going to find people. Or if the city attorney says, you can put whatever you want in front of me. I'm not prosecuting anybody for a violation of this order. The governor's hands are tied. They can't force them to enforce it. So, you know, that. Could it be enforceable if everyone got in lockstep from a governmental uh, 
agency standpoint in the state you're in, yes, they could enforce it. They could fine you. They could do things of that nature. But what I'm seeing a lot, at least in the news, I'm seeing it here in Vegas, um, is a lot of these county commissioners, certainly our mayor doesn't agree with our governor and unfortunately went on national television unprepared and, and didn't do us any favors. Yeah, uh, that looked bad. But there's, <laughs> that was bad. Yeah, it was <laughs> It was not a good move on her part, um, but you know our our uh, our city attorney here I know said a few weeks back I'm I'm not prosecuting anybody for a violation of this uh, of the stay at home order. So, you know if you have other government officials butting up against the views of the governor, at that point they you know it won't be enforced. But again, if everybody's in lockstep, technically you know, it can be enforced. And the constitutionality of the underlying order that resulted in you getting arrested or fined is something that's going to need to be evaluated on a state-by-state basis, just like it was in Wisconsin. You know, was it done properly? Are the appropriate provisions in there? Do they have the power to do this under our constitution? They certainly don't, across the board, have the power to keep us in our homes. Unless they would roll out the National Guard um, and, and somehow try and enforce it, and that doesn't even mean it's constitutional, but that would really be the only way they could force that, um, which good luck to any governor that, that does that. But I think what you're seeing now is uh, a lot of – certainly in states, high-profile states like California, like New York, you're seeing a very – unfortunate game of politics and if people don't realize that it's unfortunate i mean if you don't think that that newsom in california is thinking 10 years down the line and the fact that he's going to try and run for president and he can't allow this situation to be something that his base of supporters use against him you're out of your mind that's exactly what he's doing he wants to run for president. He knows if he handles this in a way where his base doesn't agree with that it's going to affect him down the line. That's solely political. If you don't think Cuomo, oh, which Cuomo's doing the same I don't thing. understand. Yeah, Cuomo's I, I don't understand the how the governor of the state that is now the epicenter of for this virus in the world is being touted as being so amazing. I, I don't get that at all. I, I don't know. I mean, you have Trump being lambasted every day that he should have done more, he should have done it sooner, and he, but you have a governor of a state who has more cases than anybody in the world, but he's doing a great job. I don't really understand that, but whatever, neither here nor there. He's playing politics, too. He sees the condition of the Democratic Party. He sees that there is a good chance that Biden is not going to make it to this election. He knows there's a chance that somebody could step in through this election. If you don't think those thoughts are going through his mind, you, you're crazy. So this has become a very, very political vehicle. If you think these people are really doing things that are in the best interest of you at this point, I'm sorry. Oh, no, they're not. They're not. Yeah. That party, that, that ship sailed a long time before those two big uh... – hospital ships went back to their ports and I, uh, you know, I want people to, you know, we always say the Americans are smart and I know that they are. I just think that with this, they let some of that go to the wayside and gave the benefit of doubt to the quote unquote leaders 
And now it's time for everybody to uh, put their big boy and girl pants back on and um, go back to the way you were thinking. And you're smart. So start seeing through this and, and, and make some actions to make some things happen here because, um, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a lot at risk at this point. And um, I want people to, to, to realize that, uh, you know, stand up for, for your rights is that uh, it's very easily taken away. We, we've proven that over the past two months. So I'm glad that you broke down. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm glad you broke down the Wisconsin um, verdict or, uh, what do you call it? What, what, what are they? What are they calling decision? It was the, the, the Wisconsin decision by the Supreme the Court, decision. and it's okay. uh, yeah, it's so it, 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 it's, it's important that people see that and understand that because, as you know, there are there are so many agendas behind all this at this point. In the beginning, uh, I still thought that there was some. Okay, well, that's a whole other show for another date and time. But for the most part, mm-hmm. everybody was on the same page. Now it is 100% agenda driven. We were talking about the the deaths are being all calculated as Corona, and that's for money, because they get a lot more mm-hmm. money if they have a Corona stamp on there. Okay, and now you've got you mentioned it. You got uh, Newsom and you got Cuomo, and they're looking for more money, uh, and they're looking for a position to use now or in the future. Um, so it's time, of, you know, the American people pull their heads out of their rear ends and um, let's get things back to normal because it's not that scary of what's going on. It's this fear that's been instilled and it's not legit. Um, but if you feel like you need to stay home, then stay home. But everybody else who wants to go back to normal life and work, they should be able to do that. So with that being said, as things are opening up, at least in Arizona, or I don't say everything's back to normal, but we're pretty well, we're much closer than you guys are. Let's talk a little bit about liabilities and a little bit about the litigation for people from a consumer standpoint and from a business owner standpoint. Uh, my whole thing so about this me, is let me let me let me mention this because this, this yeah, segues into it, and I want your opinion on it. I think that this all revolves around insurance, and that was the reason why the major conferences started to cancel the events, which then led to the sporting event, which was the, as you said, the nail in the coffin. And that's why there's so much uh, insanity about having to reopen, primarily even look at the casinos, because as we talked about on the show, if there's new precedent or if then all of a sudden you're having all these lawsuits and it only takes one lawsuit if there is no insurance coverage because of its categories as pandemic. It's not under, I think, because, God, when was it? Somebody had told me ooh, when it was SARS or whatever the last one was, the insurance companies basically did a carve out and said there is no coverage if, and it's not business interruption, if it's doing, if it has some sort of pandemic or disease there is no coverage. So then everybody said, you know, it's not worth it. There's one lawsuit and boom, the, the casino's gone, you know? So with that being said, um, well, what, what now? What do, uh, you know, they're well, talking about putting some sort of liability protection, which I think is fine. And there's no way to prove where you got this from when you go back into the world, you know what I mean? So it's almost like it's, get rid of it all uh, because it's, I think that's the major reason why everything's frozen. It's because of the insurance problem and the liability. Now comment on that, Mr. Attorney. 
well, here's the – I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, this is all about insurance. It's all about liability. That's why, you know, like we talked about before, once the NBA, you know, put everything into place and closed everything down, the other sports leagues had no, you know, no choice but to do the same. And it's kind of snowballed from there. There's already lawsuits. Um, I know here in Las Vegas there's already one. I think there might have been a second one filed against insurance companies for not uh, covering this under business interruption. Those lawsuits will continue. There will be class actions. And by the time everything settles, there will be a class action lawsuit against every single insurance company that provides business business interruption coverage and did not cover this from it. There will be a lawsuit against all of the travel insurance companies. Uh, Any type of insurance that that did not cover this, there will be a lawsuit against them. You can guarantee that. In regards to these businesses – and them opening up. Here's the problem is there's always, you know, there's always people that are going to be looking to take advantage of the situation always. And so businesses have to think about that because if you don't think there's people out there that are going to try and come into a store and say they got the virus and sue you for it to try and, you know, get a payday, you're crazy. I mean, there's absolutely people that are going to try and take advantage of this. So with regards to a business, it's very difficult. And I, I think the only way that businesses can truly, and, and I, I think this is going to spread across businesses pretty rapidly, is to come into an establishment or to use a certain business or whatever whatever business you might be into for have customers be involved in it, you're going to have to have people sign waivers of liability that says if you, uh, if you do or somehow believe that you contracted the virus from our establishment, you are waiving all liability. You are welcome to come in. You're welcome to dine here. You're welcome to use our facilities, whatever the business might be. But in order for you to do that, you have to sign this waiver of liability. And I, you know, I, I just don't see how – businesses don't do that because even if you follow all the protocols, if you do everything again, there's going to be, you know, there's going to be instances where people test positive. There's going to be instances of people trying to take advantage of the situation and businesses have been through enough with this whole situation. They, They just have been through enough. A small mom and pop restaurant that is maybe barely surviving shouldn't be told that they can open up their doors, but then have to be constantly concerned that they might get sued if someone would potentially possibly get sick there, even though they're doing everything right. Um, But unfortunately they do. And so the only real way you can protect against it is, is a waiver to say, yeah, come in, but you're waiving any liability. And that's an unfortunate state of affairs in this country that, you know, I really see – I hope I'm wrong, but I really truly see that for the foreseeable future that a lot of businesses are going to do that and are going to be forced to do that because, you know, I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Somebody's going to file – you know, now that stuff's opening back up, somebody's going to file a lawsuit against the business claiming that they got the virus. And the first time 
that someone does that and it makes news, there's going to be pundits and figureheads all over television saying, how can businesses protect themselves? And they're going to say, well, you got to have to sign a waiver. And as soon as, be, as soon as that becomes real national news, you're going to have to sign a waiver to go in anywhere, anywhere. And especially here, I mean, look, we've talked about it before. I live in Las Vegas. We are based on the uh, communal gathering of people. And, you know, as big as the strip is and, and all the hotels on the strip, you know, the one thing that for people that don't live here and really know the economy of Vegas, one of the biggest things that Vegas relies on for its tourism and it's for its business is conventions i mean we we have conventions here we have the biggest conventions in the world come to vegas we have conventions multiple conventions here every single week millions of people come in this uh, town uh, every year because of conventions and who knows when a company is going to be comfortable with having a convention or is even going to be able to have a convention in this town because of everything that's going on. And so, you know, you could see people having to sign waivers to go to a convention, getting on an airplane, getting in an Uber, getting on a bus. I mean, it, it really uh, could potentially get to that point. And, and I, I hope it doesn't. Uh, but it seems like that uh, that's kind of where we're headed. And everybody really is in a, a very litigious mindset right now. Um, I've gotten a lot of calls saying, I want to sue this person. I want to sue that person. Uh, nobody's got the money to sue anybody right now, uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> but you know, it's, uh, these class action lawsuits and that's what I've been telling my clients. You know, we need, let's see where these class action lawsuits go. Cause obviously with those, you can join a class and you don't have any attorney's fees, but, um, yeah, but then you get a dollar. You know, it's, uh, what are you going to do with that? Yeah, I mean, but I mean, those are you, too big. You lawyers get all the money in those class actions. <laughs> well, those cases, those cases against those insurance companies are just far too expensive for one individual yeah, to take yeah. on themselves uh, because it's going to be such a highly litigated case. And you know what? Some of them won't be. Uh, you know, some of these insurance companies will just say, you know what? Here, this is what we're willing to do. Um, but there is going to be a a very significant shift of these companies trying to protect themselves for good reason, just so they can open up again and do business. And uh, where I think I, I'm concerned about that, and I'm interested to see how they're going to handle it. I mean, look, just for example, the casinos here in town. I mean, what when? when are they going to feel comfortable about opening up and not have to worry about people coming in from all over and, and being comfortable in regards to their liability exposure. And that's the push and pull that I know is going on with a lot of these, especially the bigger companies to say, yeah, we need to open up. We need to get work going, but we got to figure out where, you know, how we're going to protect ourselves we have to do it and it's it's a, it's well, difficult and it, well, you know the thing that you ahead. and I talked about it before before we went on the air and this is what I don't get um, everybody knows how the system works right we're obviously talking about liabilities insurance and if the ins- if the insurance and the liabilities portion was 
not in the mix, we wouldn't be having this conversation because we'd be busy working. Uh, people would be uh, doing their normal routine. So why, what is, what prevents the heads of the insurance companies who run, yeah, you know, you know, the insurance companies basically run the financial system. So what prevents them from getting together with the heads of the larger uh, companies that make the world go round? You know, you got your, your Walmart, which seems, you know, uh, yes, I get the essential, but, uh, or even the grocery stores, um, the casinos, you know, the, the, the airlines, you know, there's, there's not tons of them. Get them all in there and come up with a plan to make sure of whatever the liability is and the insurance coverage so that everything, and you know, the sports teams too, bring them in. You know, the major industries that make this country go around, throw in the insurance, throw in the right, you know, the attorney or law firm, and have the discussion to figure to figure this out and come up with a plan. And uh, to me, that makes kind of sense, considering it's all focusing on one big issue, which is the insurance portion and who's going to write a check or can once these people start suing. I mean, it, but look at it from this standpoint. The stores that have been open still, the Walmarts and the grocery stores, whatever insurance carve out that they've had, maybe it's because they're deemed essential. Does that mean that no one can sue them? Because when I went to the grocery store, uh, there were people closer than six feet to me and touching everything in the store from the products to the fruit, the vegetables, the meat, everything else. And uh, uh, where's the logic in that? So, you know what I mean? It's just the, is it the essential versus the non-essential and the close quarters of multiple people in Walmarts and grocery stores, but yet I guess they're maybe they're they they're carve out because otherwise it doesn't make doesn't make any sense um, uh, of of why this cannot be solved because it's purely numbers and business and probably a little bit of contract law in there. Um, but I wanted to get that out to have a little bit of a discussion, but most importantly, your idea of having people sign a document, big companies going to be totally different. Uh, I'm concerned about the small business owners that listen to this show and the people that go support the small business owners, because is, if you think that's going to be sufficient, at least for right now, then I want to encourage people to do that. Have the customers sign it. And I want people to realize that in the small business owners, that this is to protect them and it's protecting the consumer. So don't be, uh, don't be shocked or appalled, or you cannot believe that they're making this sign, make you sign this. It's so that they can actually open their doors and start functioning again and be able to provide services and then also make some money to pay their bills. So is that what we want to get to the listeners at this point? Hey, small business, have something simple that they sign. And then everybody who's supporting them, be prepared to have this and don't put up a fuss about it or go somewhere else. Is that, is that kind of what the consensus yeah. is the takeaway from that? Cause I, I feel good about having people start doing that to get everything in motion. Yeah. I mean, I certainly would just to, just to protect yourself. Cause on the bigger scale, when you were talking about the companies getting with the insurance companies, here's the issue is whether it's a covered, uh, 
it's a covered loss under an insurance policy or not is going to be based on the actual policy itself. Now, when renewal comes up, you can guarantee that there will be coronavirus language in there. It's either going to be completely excluded from the policy or if it is going to be a covered uh, a covered uh, part of the policy, you can guarantee these businesses are going to have to pay an increased premium to get those coverages. So then that price at the end of the day is going to end up on the backs of the consumers anyways because the, the business itself isn't going to take on that additional cost, especially if they're big enough. They're going to pass it on to the underlying consumer. And then you're going to have people that don't want to do you know, the increased policy, and therefore if there is an issue in, the, uh, in that company or in that establishment and there's no insurance coverage, then they're exposed they're just individually exposed. Their business is just individually exposed to get sued. It doesn't stop anyone from suing them. It just means they don't have insurance coverage for that loss. So that's going to be something and how these insurance companies handle it over the next uh, year or so and how they're going to recraft their policies is going to have to be something that we're going to see play out and what kind of potential coverages um, people could have and, and, there certainly are could be certain liability policies uh, that businesses have right now that potentially, you know, someone contracting the coronavirus in their establishment could it could be covered under based on the language of that policy. I can promise you the insurance company is going to do everything they can to say it's not. Um, but for the foreseeable future, I think just to make sure that the businesses protect themselves as much as possible. Uh, that they, they, they have some type of waiver people sign before they come in. And, yes, people should not be shocked by that. They shouldn't uh, – and I don't think people will have too much of a problem with it. I, I, I think – I at least hope somewhat that people have, have at least realized, especially even – you know, nobody likes a landlord. You know, nobody likes a landlord. Everybody, oh, I hate my landlord. You know, but I think even in this – in this scenario, people are looking at landlords and saying, oh, you know, they have, they have bills to cover too. You know, they have, so I, I hope people have that type of uh, at least sympathy or empathy for businesses and what they're going through and just realizing that, Hey, you want this place to be open. I want it to be open. You want to be able to, to frequent here. And I want that as well. So this is just to make sure that I can stay open, that you can continue to, to frequent this establishment. Um, and I, for right now, I think the best way to do it is through through a waiver. Well, that's good. At least it's something. And then as this progresses and you see these class actions or a small business owner does get sued, well, then it's kind of uncharted waters. You'll see what happens. But at least this is something proactive that people can do in order to protect themselves as much as they can from a, uh, a legal side until – it gets to the next phase, which who knows what's going to happen at that point, or maybe, you know, hopefully they'll never get to, but still it's better than nothing. So I'm, I'm glad that we've got something that can help people uh, and encouraging the consumer. Don't be afraid to sign it. Now, as far as anything else with um, anything else that the small business owner should be aware of or something else that they can, that you can give a suggestion, um, the only thing I could think of for the consumer is, as we talked about the stay at home orders, executive orders, and as, as far as the states being able to enforce, 
Unfortunately, you have to do a little homework. So if you're in a state that has any of that, my suggestion is, is go to the state's website and find out exactly uh, what it is that can be done and can't be done so that if you do go out and about, um, you don't run into anything stupid. So I think it's smart to spend a little time to do that and protect yourself so you don't have what happens with some of the people, whether it's opening their business or, um, you know, going into an area that you didn't even know was off limits, you know what I mean? And so it's just, it's not worth it because you, to fight it, as we've always talked about, and you've been, you've encouraged people, sometimes it's not worth it because you, you might win at the end, but look how much money you spent and time to get to that point. So um, unfortunately, you got to pay attention, do a little homework. Um, anything else for small businesses uh, to help them through this to, before they get to, to get them back on track? For right now, I think you just have to, you know, like do the waiver. Whatever state you're in, if they have procedures that they're suggesting um, and you're unsure whether they're enforcing anything, follow the procedures. Um, you know, it's, you know, with the social distancing and masks, or you know, depending on the state you're in, uh, you know, it, it just for right now, just to get yourself back open, to start making money again and, and get people back to work, just follow those procedures, protect yourself as much as you can. Don't give people an excuse to come in and, and impact your business more than it's already been impacted. And then as kind of the dust settles over the next couple months, you can reevaluate as to, you know, how you continue on with your business. I, I think for now that's probably best practices to do um, and, and just handle it that way. Yeah, important. I wrote that down in the outline. I didn't mention it. Yes, if, if you are you're uh, opening your business up, um, do the homework to find out what the requirements are. And the other thing, too, from the consumer standpoint, if you don't agree with the criteria that somebody has or whatever their procedures are, then don't go in there. Don't fight it. Don't, you know, don't cause a stink. Don't, don't cause a problem if you're at a restaurant and say, I cannot believe this. Then, find it, then leave. Don't, it's just like anything else. You don't like what somebody's saying on a certain podcast or TV station or a radio station, turn the channel. So, you know, we've talked about the struggles that these small business owners have, the fact that they've got this liability and, and just the income loss in general. Um, you don't like what the rules are. And then just go somewhere else. It's it is what it is. So don't fight that. If anything, stand up for the government because they're the ones that are overreaching. But the business owner is just trying to stay alive. So uh, pick and choose your battles is my suggestion during this period. There, if anything, the small business owner is on your side, and the government is not. Um, so yeah, it should be interesting. Um, you know, I want people, like you said, uh, stand up for what you believe in. Uh, because it matters and um, just keep an eye on what's going on. Do a little research and homework on your own. Don't necessarily believe it just because it was on Facebook or the internet or on television. And there's nothing wrong with doing your own homework just because there's agendas out there, people. And it's time that we get everybody back to where they need to be and get back to work uh, and get this country back on track. It's an, it's an amazing place. And I don't want to, I don't want to see it tarnished or 
more uh, things going more sideways than they are and more lives being destroyed uh, because there's 36 and a half million people out of work, which is insane. And that's not even including all the people's businesses that are hurting, that are even still somewhat operating on life support. So anything else, Robert, before we go? Because in a month from now, let's just say that the, hopefully there's blue skies uh, as opposed to where they are now. It, it's, well, it's, it's better than it was, but it's nowhere near where it needs to be. So anything else that you want to yeah. bring to the table? I, I would just, the, the last thing I would say is, you know, I know there's a lot of people that are, their businesses are closed that they work at and they're sitting at home and they're getting unemployment in the same amount that they make or maybe more. And thank goodness for that, they, they, that benefit has been there for you over these past few months. So you could continue to provide for your family, but don't allow that to not make you be motivated to get back to work because that is a, another slippery slope and it's gonna, you know, that, that amount of unemployment is not going to be forever. Um, and it is, it's just dangerous to be comfortable with what the government's giving you and that be a reason why you don't want to go back to work because, uh, it, it will go away. And it's in the, the people that, are just happy with that. I mean, that's the, that's the problem with socialism right there is you give people just enough. So they're fine just sitting in their house and and doing what you're telling them to do. We don't want that. You know, that's, that's something to, to be cognizant of and to, uh, to fight against because that again, it goes down a very, very strange path. And I think as these unemployment benefits kind of slow down and people aren't getting as much, I think you'll see more and more of an uproar from people to say, okay, we need to open things back up. We need to get this economy back to where it was. Um, So I would just, again, if we're talking about personal responsibility, I think that's something to certainly be cognizant of. Yeah. Good, good reminder. Good point. Um, that particular $600 extra goes through July 31st. And because it is so controversial, uh, it's highly unlikely that it'll get extended unless there's some sort of, uh, and at that point, if it does, it probably will have restrictions to it. So you cannot make more on unemployment than you were when you were working. Um, Something that might be difficult to implement, but I have a feeling there's going to be something there and not to mention it is taxable. So when you're running your numbers, uh, a lot of the times you're going to end up, making less than if you went back to work and there's no guarantee that your job's going to be there when things quote unquote reopen. So keep all that in mind. Let's just get things back to normal because uh, we need to do that. So Robert, it's uh, always a pleasure. I look forward to a very uplifting conversation on our next show next month because things I think are (laughs) going to be headed in the right direction, or at least there should be some really interesting stories. I think we're good to go. Swinnick and Matthew. Already. You've been listening to Everything Home with Michelle Swinnick. Life, laughter, and the pursuit of happiness. To meet, learn from, and hire the experts and the guests, professionals, and members of the Everything Home Socially Conscious Referral Network and Marketplace. 
Visit everythinghometalkshow.com slash episodes. And to listen, subscribe, rate, review, like, follow, comment, and share, go to www.everythinghometalkshow.com and find us on all the major listening platforms. Thanks for listening. We hope you were entertained, and we hope that you picked up some real-life, tangible takeaways from some good people doing good business and good things. Till next time, this is Everything Home, signing off. Did you know 63% of consumers prefer to buy from purpose-driven brands and businesses that reflect their own values, beliefs, and support charitable causes? Promos for a Purpose provides business owners with ways to support worthy causes and promote their brands at the same time with its comprehensive done-for-you marketing and media program. Visit www.promosforapurpose.com for more information. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay. Round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.